Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. The mortgage now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Brody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KBEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about time for Mortgage Matters. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Happy Saturday. Happy dryish Saturday. Oh, finally. Huh? Um, sounds like there's a significant car accident on the 101 North. Northbound, uh, yeah. Yeah, going Northbound. past Maddie. Yeah, past Maddie and Pismo Beach. You want to avoid that area. It's like uh, the last report I saw is like 10 to 12 cars involved with that. And, uh, well, vehicles, and one is a bus, and I do want to remind everybody it's not a school bus. So if your kid's out there on some sort of school event, it's not a, not a school bus. But um, but it looks like one vehicle's rolled over on its roof and oh uh, was on fire at one point, and they've got all sorts of tow trucks and ambulances rolling out there right now. So Avoid be, it if you can. Yeah, they're running traffic brakes beginning at um, Five Cities Drive. And then uh, it's also kind of probably slowing things down if you're heading south. So you want to definitely avoid uh, 101 northbound in Pismo Beach right now. Yeah. Hope everyone's okay. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. sound good. No. Overturned no. fiery cars. That sounds yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Doesn't sound like fun. Oh, who's wet and soggy? <laughs> I'm. I'm kind of over it. Are you guys over it? No, not yet. <laughs> no? No. You're loving enjoying it. it? Loving it. Yeah. Not I. I find myself every time one of those big downpour, you know, and the rain, you can just, like, it catches your attention, mm-hmm. stops you from whatever you're doing. Yeah. I find myself, I have to go to the window and just stare at it. It's kind of like watching <laughs> a fire. Yeah. You're, you get caught watching a fire. Yeah. I saw some the good, there was instincts. good rain on... Uh, Yesterday, when, there was Wednesday in Atascadero, we had, yes. I had, I found myself thinking about Forrest Gump. <laughs> sideways rain. Yeah, there was sideways, sideways rain. Sometimes yeah. the rain came the bottom rain up. Came up from the <laughs> yeah, man, there was fat raindrops. Big fat little bitty one. Big yeah. fat raindrops. Okay. Now I'm gonna have to find music from Forrest Gump for the bumpers. But they were coming from sideways. <laughs> It was wild. <laughs> Big fat raindrops. It was so windy. They were like literally coming down at like a forty-five. Is there anything uh, like this, any sort of for real? Sort of shrimp rain, shrimp <laughs> gum, deep shrimp said. rain, shrimp deep fried stir deep fry, fry, shrimp, pan fry. That's about shrimp it. Shrimp rain. <laughs> it goes on for like a day. That's a great oh, movie. Oh man, by the way. I love that movie. Great movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Great movie. <laughs> um, Sarge Dan. <laughs> Captain Dan. Captain Dan. There we are. Sergeant uh, Dan, ice cream. Yeah, Doesn't yeah. have the same ring to it. Lieutenant Dan. There we go. There it is. One of us knows yeah, the okay, movie. We got it. We got it. No, I'm, I'm a fan, but my, my favorite thing it. about it, though, is that my, uh, my, my middle... 
child does a Forrest Gump impersonation, and it's awful. And uh, it's so bad, it's hilarious. And you can't help but just laugh out loud. And when he was little, right, like he's five, six, seven, eight, um, he thought it was good, so he would dust it off anytime. Uh, Jenny, I love you. <laughs> it's not good at all. Um, now he's caught on to the fact that every time someone tries to get him to do it, it's because they're, um, you know, wanting to enjoy his. Not- You're laughing at him, not yeah. with him. Right. Well, he laughs a bit now yeah. too, but pretty funny. Oh yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have to find music from Forrest Gump now. Oh man. Oh, I had the Forrest Tons Gump soundtrack yeah. when I was in high school. What a fantastic a soundtrack. soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Good times. Yeah. Forrest Gump. Yeah. <clears throat> um, all right. What else? That was a weird start, huh? <laughs> big Forrest Gump uh, cheer section over here. Everybody loves that movie, right? Oh, I love you that movie. Fantastic you movie. So like smart. You know, and I actually, after yeah. I watched the movie, I went back and read the book. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys read the book? So this is like a, this is a movie first, right? This oh. is one of those instances where they wrote the book after the movie, uh, but it's just fun to read that because of all the accents in your head. Because <laughs> right. you've seen it, I mean, how many times? Maybe in its entirety, only twenty times. I've but seen it a bunch. but the you know snippets of it. It's, that's one of those movies you just can't pass, right? Because every scene is epic, right? Yeah. Bought a bunch of stock in a fruit company. Yes. <laughs> Said I don't have to worry about money anymore. Um, it's one less thing to worry about. He, buy, he owns a bunch of stock in Apple. Yeah, yeah. Classic. Fruit company. Yeah. yeah. It's just amazing, uh, the, the clips that are in there, too, the movie clips and stuff. It's oh, fun, yeah. Fun. Great uh, where he puts himself into historical situations, like meeting with uh, oh, yeah. uh, Kennedy at the White House mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Oh, my gosh. Fun, fun, fun. Yep. Oh, and then something happened at this hotel in Washington. These bad yeah. guys broke in and the, the president. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And I saw it. Yeah. He was in a lot of great places at just the right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, funny. They were having a Black Panther party. Um. All right. Well, we had a very exciting week. And... We're already more than halfway through the month of February, which is crazy. Um, It was, so far, the first half of February felt um, crazy. Like, so many long days. Did you have a lot of long days? I had a lot of long days. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of the super long days anymore. (laughs) But I had a lot of long days. And a lot of busy days. It's it's starting to already feel like home buying season. Activity sure has picked up. Oh in the last man, week the phones are two. ringing off the hook. There's lots of people that are, um, you know, paying attention to the fact that home buying season's right around the corner. But also, we're we're seeing um, an increase in the refi applications since interest rates dropped um, l- last week. Was I here last week? I was here last week, right? You weren't mm-hmm. here last week. On the radio? Yeah. yeah correct. How, how was that? It was nice. Good. Um, Jason and I played a game 
where we we tried to like battle each other for reasons that people might refinance. Ah, okay. Which was fun. We ran out of time. Should have started it earlier. It was <laughs> it was good because you know there's like the four or five pretty simple ones, and then then you start getting more creative. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that actually led to a few phone calls this week to help some people out, um, kind of just game planning and. Um, yeah, we're we got we have refinance and purchase people coming out of the woodwork getting ready. So that's exciting. Makes me feel like this year um, might not be a wash. Well, we were talking. I think it was a little bit this week, just casually about mortgage stuff, like we do, whether we're at work or at home, right? Or, you know, <laughs> at a baseball game, wherever. Can't, can't fight your passion, <laughs> right? But it kind of feels like this rate environment, while it's not the bottom of the the interest rate you know market that we've seen we've seen what 30 year fixed as low as three percent um it feels like we're kind of at a point where it's hard to imagine them going much higher even though the historical norm in interest rates is more like six to eight percent it just feels like this spot that we're in with um economic activity and growth and some of the um some of the signs that we look at it kind of has us feeling like this is a comfortable spot for interest rates right now. It definitely feels that way. Um, I I was plugging around some research um, and f- just looked back at what the Fed fund rate was in 2006. Because um, that was the last time. 2006 is the last time the rates were hiked. Okay. And um, the, the Fed fund rate was at five and a quarter. Wow. And determined to be essentially neutral weird right mm-hmm. that's high um today we're what two and a quarter right now two and a two and a quarter to two and a half is that right am i getting that right i wanted to say it was closer to three but google box me yeah Ooh, let's bet money i lost <laughs> five bucks to jason last week i bet that you were listening to the radio show i popped in and yeah you weren't listening to the part where it was dan if you text right now one of us is winning and one of us is losing uh current target rate what did you say two to two and a quarter but i want to change it to two and a quarter to two and a half that's what it is it is yeah all right so in my the it'd been a couple weeks since i looked at that so i couldn't remember exactly what it was but i said it was closer to three which it is it's closer to three than two to two and a quarter yeah yeah yeah. Anyhow, I'll, I'll split it with you. It's okay. fine. Um, the part that Im- imprinted on me is that it's less than half of what it was yeah. before. And so... Um, it wasn't that long ago that the typical interest rate, even on adjustable rate products, was in the sevens. Right. You remember that? I mean, that was just yeah. a short 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So these rates by historical trend are still very low. Um, and now we hear plenty of talk that this this probably should be considered neutral. In fact, I think the only way that interest rates really go up significantly from here is more um, really good economic growth in terms of GDP and jobs, but also really good inflation. And um, the inflation number for... December and January now are back below that 2% level. So um, it's 
you don't want to be hiking rates when you're already struggling to keep your inflation up. The The average annual inflation, inflation for 2018 was 2.4. So that was slightly above the Fed's target rate. But and what are you looking at? Because they look at something other than I'm looking at the CPI. Um, my, I pulled this chart directly from BLM and... Because um, the Fed looks at some other offshoot of of consumer prices or bls sorry yeah um i don't know i mean they call it the average inflation rate um i'm sure it's similar well and then but like looking back through it if this if this buys me any credibility with you dan (laughs) you've bought credibility um, 2009 (laughs) was minus 0.4 percent wow for the average annual for the year. Then we had 1.6. 11 was the bright spot at 3.2. Hmm. And I'd have to say 11, looking back, 11 was pretty big, wasn't it? Rates was, were still zero to quarter yeah. percent. And um, everyone was getting the 3%, three and a quarter, 30 year fixed. Everything's hot. Everything was cheap. Cheap and hot. At 2011, if anyone that you know that bought a home in 2011, you should just shake their hand. They're doing all Great right today. Decision. Yeah. So then you had 2012 is 2.1, and then 1. 1.5, 1. 1.6. 2015 is 0.1, which is weird because the first rate hike that we got from this... Um, this low of nine years of no no um, rate hikes, right? The first rate hike we have was in December of 2015. That year, the annual inflation rate was 0.1%. Hmm. So that was clearly... In, and you remember at the time us just constantly saying it, it would be shocking if they did. Um, but then again, it's just one. It's at the very end of the year. You sneak it in before the holiday break and blah, blah, blah. Um, they did it again in December of 2016. The inflation rate in 2016 was 1.3. And then 2017 was 2.1. 2018 is 2.4. But now we have essentially the trend line set at about 1.9 and declining. So this has caused the feds to say, hey, uh, we'll be more patient now. We're going to watch these numbers a bit more closely and not be on such a a guided path with an upward pressure. Great. So the market's really celebrating that. We're seeing um, almost as soon as that meeting announcement came out, we have saw that was the tail end of January. I think it finished on January 29th, maybe. Anyhow, um, we've had now a couple weeks of just – Great new low rates, seeing conventional loans at four, five, five, six APR, which is awesome. Um, and that's what, you know, I've been trying to sing it from the rooftops. If you have some kind of loan with mortgage insurance or it's adjustable rate or it's interest only, or if you have a second you want to pay off with one new first, um, there's so many reasons that people should probably look into this right now and just see if it, if there's some opportunity here, um, you know, the the chance is that rates go down further from here. I'm not convinced that I see them going down dramatically. But if you got a five and a quarter that you got six months ago or a year ago, 
you might really consider coming down to that um, that four and a half level. I keep sharing this, but four hundred grand. If we can drop you from five and a quarter to four and a half, that saves you one hundred eighty-six bucks a month. Um, you're so good at math, Dan. What's one hundred and eighty-six times three hundred and sixty? <laughs> a lot. It's like seventy. Yeah, five thousand bucks. It's a lot. I'm gonna That's do a lot it. Of money. I'm gonna do it. Give me a good guess. So the one eighty. Yeah. What did I say? I got to look at my notes now. One hundred and eighty-six. It's 182. 182 a month. 182. I could have said it wrong. Yeah. I was off. It's only 65 grand. It's a lot of money. Would you refi? Yeah. Save 65 grand? I love saving 65,000. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I would do that Dude, every time. I love saving time. $65. <laughs> I love saving to... 65 cents, Jim. <laughs> Jim, I will haggle over 65 <laughs> cents. Yeah, there we are. I, I think really that... Um, the other thing, and this is where it's fun, right, is I like to look at this another way, too, though, which is let's say I save you the 182 bucks a month, but you don't really need it, right? What are you going to do with it? More Starbucks? going to pay your charter bill? It's about a charter bill, 182. Just feel good about it. I don't have to do anything with it. How about you just keep making that old payment on your new loan so you're now chipping 182 bucks a month at the principal? Um, run the amortization schedules out on that. Um, I could do it real quick if you gave me a second, but my gut tells me it'll probably stop your mortgage two years early. Um, maybe three. That's pretty awesome. So now you could get out of three years worth of your mortgage payment. And if your mortgage payment, like we keep talking here, is around 2200 bucks a month, now you're talking about getting out of a lot of money sounds like early retirement to me right <laughs> doesn't it i mean and, and yeah i i always love to make this point because we got um some of my favorite people are listening right now uh the joe the plumber and joe the electrician and joe the builder and you know joe joe all the joes with the dirty hands um most of the time retirement's tied to paying off your house right so i love that game plan um and, you know, and, and like I said last week here, if, if you call and you say, hey, just kicking ideas around, tell me if it makes sense, um, yeah, some of you guys are going to tell to you're good, just keep what you got. Um, one of the calls that I got this week, that was a great calls from a guy who um, has some equity in his house and he also has some outstanding debt about $20,000 worth of outstanding debt. And the bummer about this debt is that um, it's holding his credit score down, right? And so uh, would, would you love, like the average person, let's talk about the average guy. Does the average person you know have 20,000 bucks laying around to, to throw at some debt? And um, most of the time not. I mean, I we- say maybe about that much, that well, would like put them at zero in the old savings account. But the stats are that like fifty percent of America's living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. So um if you're twenty thousand dollars behind, but you have some equity in your house, um if you can and, and by the way, the twenty thousand dollars in um consumer debt that you have might be upwards of five, six, seven hundred bucks a month, okay? But 
the debt flow, the cash flow of that rolled into your mortgage can only, you know, 170 bucks, 200 bucks. So make a real big difference to your, to your uh, cash flow every month, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and guys, I'm not, I'm the last person you're going to find that's running around advocating that everybody keep bleeding their house dry of equity to, to um, you know, do consent, debt consolidation and, and be on that, that unsustainable course. I don't, I don't, I'm not out preaching that. Um, but if you're, if you're making, you know, a normal wage here in slow and you, you're just sliding in at the end of every month, if you're that guy that's got nine bucks left in the checking account because your direct deposit hits tomorrow, um, there's a lot of people living that way. And, it can just loosen that noose around your neck for a little bit to do a consolidation loan. And then you're going to see your credit score rebound, right? So now everything that you end up borrowing um, is going to be at more favorable terms with your better credit score. And then maybe in six months or a year, you know, the debt consolidation is a cash out loan. Usually your credit score is down a little bit. So you get kind of hammered on the interest rate. It's higher. Um, but once we clean it all up in this pass, keep the fees real low, and then look six months or a year from now when your credit score is rebounded, then we can do a no cash out refi at your higher your credit higher score, credit score. Yeah. and then really be putting you – so it's a, that part is almost a two-step plan. Of course, we need the, the rate environment to um, – cooperate with us on that path but it's a really it's a smart thing to look at if you're in that spot where you're frustrated and struggling yeah yeah the the debt consolidation while like you said not a great idea to make that short-term debt long-term debt if you're on that path where you're just making the minimums and there's no light at the end of the tunnel to pay that stuff off then paying it off in one swoop with equity can be great Especially if you're in a position where you're ready to rein in your spending habits. If you're, if you're, if, if what's going to ha- happen is just paying off the debt and then charging the cards back up, that's, well, and sometimes that's it's not a great thing. Sometimes it's, exactly. Um, but a lot of the people that I've helped too, though, it's not even spending habits that does it. Put your kid through grad school. So now you got $50,000 out and, um, or one of the trade schools, right? Where you can't get those, um, the government backed student loans. So you get, what are those ones called? The private student loans. Oh, it's been too long since I've been in college. Unsubsidized. Mm. So you might be in a position like that where you helped a, a child get a master's degree or, you know, go to trade school or something like that. Um, so there's, there's various reasons why it's not even bad habits, but it's just a couple of unfortunate things or some things by choice that led you into just needing to, to, to figure out how to balance better. Um, one of the things people need to realize though, is that you're, you're as a person, you're kind of like a business, right? You're like a balance sheet and a profit and loss. You got some assets, you have some liabilities, and you have some income, you have some outflow. Um, Are they all balanced correctly? Um, We use, oftentimes we use too much emotion and not enough logic and math in these things. You know, I'll get people that say, well, you know, 
I don't want to do that because, you know, that's the roof over my head or something. And it's like, man, you're, you're, you're being threatened with bankruptcy right now because you're, you don't, you don't, you're on a non-sustainable course and it's time to, to look at this thing from the broader perspective. So anyhow, that's the, that's the call today. Um, this is probably going to be the season for a little while here, but I just want to let people know that if you have, if you have questions, if you're sitting there listening right now thinking, that might be me. Don't be afraid to call. We're not the kind of company that does the sales thing where we chase you around and make you regret it. Um, we're just here to answer your questions and help you out. If there's a, a loan, uh, we'll help you with it. And if there's not, um, then it's nice to meet you and no big deal. So um, if you want to call us, it's it's 805-543-LOAN. That's the number of the company. Any one of our loan officers would be happy to help you um, just explore. So... Or the web, centralcoastlending.com. We're going to do a quick commercial break here, take some time out to thank the sponsors, and we'll be back in just a minute with more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California DBO number 605-4783. NMLS number 328-358. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California DBO number 605-473. NMLS number 328-358. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Tell 
Traffic uh, cams, and I couldn't see anything with that accident. Really, they didn't have one right there. But the traffic is backed all the way past Oak Park now. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are going to try to avoid uh, Pismo Beach right now at this point, that's good advice. Car accident. All right. Well, all right. You like the Doors? I do somewhat. Yeah. I like-ish the doors. Yeah. You know what bugs me about the doors? What's that? As a bass player, they don't have a bass player. Oh, okay. <laughs> they don't? Yeah. No, no not really. No. Played on, like, the, the keys, and that just bugs me. Yeah. You can't have no left-hand soul that's quite like a real bass player. I mean, it's pretty great. Let's be honest. The doors sold a lot of records and yeah. wrote a lot of great songs. But, you might have heard of them. But it's just, <laughs> as a rule, it's hard to watch a band that... Yeah. You know, doesn't have the instrument in it that you play. Yeah, I guess not. They did have bass player for like short stint, but it wasn't during their like, you know, yeah, well, whole they, life or the super big. Well, stuff. to be honest with you, I mean, they didn't really last that long. I mean, Jim Morrison, but they had a lot of great. He hits. was one of the twenty sevens, right? Yeah. You guys ever look at the twenty sevens list? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could Google it. What's that? People who died at the age of 27. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix. Kurt Cobain. Jan- Janis uh, Joplin. Jimmy and, and uh, Jim, Morrison. Jim Morrison. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole bunch of them. Uh, so like Dodge of the Amy Winehouse added herself to the list a few years ago. River Phoenix. I yeah, think was, th- yeah. So there's this laundry list of prolific musicians that died during their 27th year. Yeah. Crazy, huh? Yeah. It's a strange coincidence, I guess. And at the same time, I just wonder if it's also that um, there's just plenty of famous people on drugs and then that part of your life is where it can really go sideways if you don't have it together. Yeah. Uh, God, there's quite quite a few. Yeah, there's like a website on the 27s. There is. Yeah, it's called the 27 Club. Don't be a member of the 27 Club. Uh Uh-uh. Not worth it. No. I, Brian Jones from the Beatles. I, from, uh, not from the Beatles, but from the Rolling Stones. I read an article this week about Kurt Cobain's daughter, too. Yeah. She was like, um, she's not thrilled about the fact that from her father's estate, she gets trust money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's not a crazy amount. Yeah. It's $80,000 a month. That's kind of a crazy amount. That's a million dollars a year. If you ask me, that's a crazy amount. Yeah, I guess so. I'll agree. It's (laughs) a ton of money. Um, But she's like, uh, she's super upset about getting this money because she didn't earn it and she feels like it's, um, you know, kind of blood money and she just feels not great about receiving it. And I was like, oh, poor thing. Yeah. You're getting a million bucks a year I'm there sure that you don't say, want. I'm you sure can just she, donate it all to like you yeah. know some folks that really do want and need a million bucks a year. Yeah, Look, sure. I got I got Dan going through the list of the twenty sevens. You're glued. Your boy Pigpen. Yeah, Ron McKiernan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
The twenty sevens is a is a gnarly little list, man. Yeah. Hmm. We also had some activity this week uh, surrounding reverse mortgages. You know, I was I've been thinking about that a lot. I was talking about it last night when I went home. It's it's yet another reminder that not every lender is the same. Not every mortgage company is the same. Um, you know, we're on here every Saturday trying to offer advice, trying to come up with scenarios just to rem- just to hopefully spark something within somebody out there that, hey, that's me. That scenario you're describing is me. So we're, up, we're here two hours every week talking about little scenarios that happened during the last week or the couple weeks prior just to, you know, maybe it resonates with someone. And, and just it's evidence that we're fully engaged in this business every week, all year long. It's a full-time gig. Um, and we give real advice and, and, uh, we take everything that we do very seriously. And then there's well, other was... people's that there's other people out there that treat this business as a part-time gig. Um, because you know, I can do two loans a month and make a hundred grand and, you know, live a great life. And I don't need to be fully engaged. I, right. I can do it casually. Right. And the results are, are mediocre at best. And so this week we ran into someone who is trying to solve a problem. You know, he's going through some kind of separation or breakup with a, with a spouse. Um, and the, the big asset that they have together is their home. And so in this happens a lot, by the way, Yeah, in this division, they need to figure out how to separate their lives. Well, and, and, and here's the deal is you own a free and clear house with your significant other, right? So yeah. no mortgage payment. But hey, bummer, uh, you can't live together anymore. And most of the time, this is average house in average town. So you don't get to sell one house and buy two. And in these people's case, uh, man, you're retired, so you don't have great income. Having your house paid off was good job. I mean, that would, had to have been a goal, and it took a lifetime of diligence and hard work to make it happen, and you did it. Congratulations. And now, dang, the relationship's on the rocks. We're going to call it quits. And the trouble is now we're not good roommates. So now what? You're going to just, if you sell the house, split the equity, where are you going? Because you're not buying, you can't buy half a house here, right? So this is an interesting scenario. And we've used this reverse mortgage a couple times um, to help somebody buy out a spouse so they don't have to leave their home. Right. And um, in this case, our our um, client is, they, they don't have a lot of income. There's a little business that's going on, but it's, you know, breaking even at best, little bit of um, fixed income, but we're talking hundreds, not thousands. Yeah. So what we have is a problem where we can't even qualify for a small loan to be able to buy out the partner in this property. Right. And so a reverse mortgage is the situ is, is the loan product that makes sense. Well, it's really the only it's solution. It's really the only one that's available, but it makes sense for a lot of reasons. Um, and so we found ourselves this week in a situation where the guy doing his homework, doing exactly what every mortgage client should be doing. He went out and got a second opinion after talking to us, which is great. I applaud that. 
The problem is that the the other guy who all he does is reverse mortgages. So this makes it even more baffling that he could be giving bad information. He's giving this guy bad information. He's talking about loan products that the guy doesn't even qualify for. Correct. Reverse mortgage loan products that this gentleman does not qualify for. So now it's, we've got this yeah. confused. Well, yeah. And so then here you go. If I'm the borrower, well, who do I believe? You're both salespeople. This dude over here is telling me what I want to hear. And then you're over here telling me that he's wrong and I should pick you. Um, how do you sort that out? It's tough. It's tough. And and really, and, and I found myself up against this since the beginning of my mortgage career, is that um, somebody out there, you know, is given bad information. Here's a great example. You're out shopping, right? You need to refi. Get the best deal. We tell people to shop, okay? Get the best deal. So we both give you a loan estimate, right? Which is essentially the good faith estimates, the the summation of the fees and the the total terms of what you're. If you move forward with me, this is what you're getting, um, and we compare these. So you get one from lender A and one from lender B, and you look at them, and you know they say, oh well, lender B was a thousand dollars cheaper than you, and I say. Hmm, can I see it? Because I know they're not. I know who they are. I know who they sell loans to. I know they can't beat me. And I look at it, and it's some cut-rate loan officer who's omitted the third-party fees or a good chunk of them or radically underestimated them. And so I go, oh, well, see how they left off the title fee, the recording fee, and then your, your impound account? You want an impound account, right? You have one now. And they say, well, yeah, I guess. Well, so then we have to hold three months worth of property taxes. And anybody that's giving you an impound account anywhere in the state of California is going to be doing the exact same thing, except lender B's over here not doing it. Just ignoring it. Just ignoring it. And he looks better because he's a 1000 bucks cheaper. And so same boat. Here I am with this client saying... I understand. A thousand bucks is so much money, you guys. That's this is the hardest thing. Is even if I look you in the eyes and I trust you and I believe, like, hey, you run a good business. You know, you. I like you. I trust you. I get good feelings from you. This dude over here, I see what you're saying, but maybe his company's just different. Maybe, maybe I do save the thousand bucks. And a thousand bucks is so much money. That's a crazy amount of money. So they go with lender B and they buy an appraisal and they get a couple days into the deal after they've spent 500 bucks on the appraisal and then they processing staff. So the cleaner uppers behind that cut rate LO end up with uh, some new disclosures that show the true cost. And it turns out not only is he not a thousand bucks less, he's 1500 bucks more and bummer because you just bought a $500 appraisal. So now you've been handcuffed to a transaction with somebody that was a knucklehead. And then you know what else too? Oftentimes they don't come back because it's hard to come back and say, I was wrong. I was wrong, you were right, I should have trusted you. Yeah. And so that's a super frustrating thing. When you started to, to tell this story, um, like you said, we come on the radio every week trying to, to talk to somebody, trying to make sense. To me, this is the core of why I keep showing up to this radio show. I want people to know that um, 
this is a business where you're doing half a million dollar transactions, um, it should be more than just a phone book dial. It should be more than your sister's boyfriend's cousin's stepdad is a loan officer when he's not working at Kia. Um, it should be more than going into something blind where you answer a bunch of questions and then get served up a product. It should be what I'm telling you it should be is, um, hey, how much do you want to learn? Because I'll teach you as much as you want to learn about what you got going on. If you don't have time, you're too busy, you're uninterested, I'll, I'll shepherd you through and, you know, with high ethics, do the deal you deserve. But if you want to come in and learn and, you know, people say, oh, I got a finance degree and I didn't know half of what you taught me today. We get that a lot. So if you want that, we want that for you. My idea is that these AM waves go oh so far, but around Slow County, if everybody here was just a little more financially savvy, a little more educated, making smarter decisions with their their households, um, their family needs, their biggest debt of their whole life, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Take that serious, you guys. Um, and it's so hard to combat that other lender that that's a knucklehead. That dude you're talking about that does reverse mortgages. It's frustrating. Reverse mortgage is you got to be over 62 to get one. So by definition now, um, we're dealing with people that are um, they're at that part of their life where they may not be the most techie, right? So they're not happy to scan and upload PDFs and be talking to multiple lenders and, you know, beating off salespeople that are, they're hounding them all day, every day and things in the mail. They're getting solicited everywhere they turn. Um, it's in your reader's digest or whatever else it comes with your AARP discount card. You just see it everywhere. Um, if you engage one of the people that are marketing to you about that, you're just inundated with solicitations from them now. So that that client is like kind of like a sitting duck, you know? And unfortunately, and I, I said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I'm going to double down on this. And, and mostly here in Slow County, um, we're free of this, but... When you have somebody that specializes in one thing, generally, especially in the loan business, it's because that one thing is a cash cow. And if it's a VA loan, when you got that, um, you know, VA lender that only does VA loans, a reverse mortgage specialist that specializes in VA, um, the first time home buyer program that does down payment assistance only those people that specialize in that are willingly passing up the majority of the market to target a very specific a segment high profit that's product. high profit <clears throat> and um it's gross so then now there are companies so not just individuals but now there are companies that are focusing only on the one product and again, it's just the focus on that super high profit product. And um, now, look at our company, the compensation schedule is equal 
for every loan product. Doesn't matter who you are, you're not going to pay double. Doesn't matter what kind of loan product you get, you're not going to pay double. Um, you know, the and if this sounds weird on a reverse mortgage, you set your compensation schedule and you can set it for normal or double or quadruple and the companies that specialize in it are in the double or quadruple field, oftentimes the quadruple. And it's super frustrating for me because of all of the loan products that the government should really be concerned with and really be out to protect the consumer, hey, let's protect our seniors. That's a good idea. Um, none of the LO comp laws, nor TRID, um, the new disclosure laws, none of these things, these aren't relevant for a reverse mortgage. They've been deemed exempt. And is that because the big banks are in Wall Street's back pocket and Congress's back pocket? I don't know. Um, does that sound right to you, though? Absolutely not. No, it sounds like elder abuse to me. It sounds to me like you got unscrupulous principles at the helm of your company and you're just, hey, no, nobody's, there's no sheriff in this town. So we do what we want to do. And then that quadruple profit, now I can advertise during Fox News. Now I can buy an ad, you know, on where else these things show up. Yeah. The reverse mortgage commercials and the VA commercials, every time I see one of those makes my stomach hurt. Those companies are crazy. Um, I was, yeah. And I really was trying to hit on the difference in the level of knowledge and engagement and day-to-day -day activity in the business and thoroughness of research. Right. You know, it was so easy to figure out as we were helping this client navigate one quote versus another that, hey, wait, let's do a little homework on this because this doesn't seem right. And and there's just a different level of thoroughness and and anyway, but you're hitting on a whole nother point, which is just the uh, profit side of the business. And that was another thing that we noticed from looking at these two quotes. Usually when you're shopping for a reverse mortgage, you get a one sheet uh, multiple reverse mortgage product comparison on a single sheet. Usually there's like three, there's a, a couple of adjustable options and a fixed option, just so you can kind of see the pros and cons of each. And what we could tell was that um, for no reason other than to make more money, um, the adjustable rate product had a higher interest rate on it. And it right. was simply to make more money. Yeah. Um, and it's just frustrating. It's not because that loan officer had to charge that. It's because that's what the, they chose to do was and, to... And because he can. Put them in, a, in an inferior rate to make more money. Yeah. And it's, it's really frustrating. And it's very confusing if you're not looking at these things every day to understand what you're even looking at. Um, so I just, there's a, there's a different, there's differences in, in lenders out there. And all we can do is try to tell you and hope you'll tell your friends and, you know, the word will get around the old fashioned way by word of mouth that we're, you know, we're, we're a company that's built on principles of knowledge, education, fair price, fair interest Ethical rates. treatment. Yeah. Just, yeah. um, Doing it the right way. It always reminds me, too, of, um, you know, there. there's this saying I like that says, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough, right? Um, so I would expect that out of your loan officer, okay? 
Have your loan officer walk you through this. Make this difficult concept simple for me. Simplify Because me. you're the expert. Right. And this is the thing that I can't get out of pushing the button on the app, right? I'm looking for an explanation. You know, walk me through these things. And um, that idea of making more money just because you can or whatever, um, that's a wild one. And again, this is a this is a person that specializes in only reverse mortgages, and um, yeah, and then leads with inaccurate information. And I I found myself wondering on on that particular transaction was it an error? This is like a sloppy oversight because you aren't working enough and your fingers not on the pulse. Because maybe not, maybe not forgivable but kind of understandable right sure. like you work Make 10 mistakes. hours a week and you just you just you didn't know you're a little sloppy right yeah. so there you go um second option maybe is that you did it knowing they couldn't qualify for it to try to appear to be able to offer something that others couldn't <laughs> in which case then they come to your camp and then you bait and switch them that is not understandable and certainly not forgivable. So it just, I find myself wondering, man, what's the whole approach here? And also, where's the supervision? Like, if that, yeah. how's this person getting away with working part time and sending out false information? And at best, is going to do an accidental bait and switch. Hey, I really like option one here. And then you go, great, fill all this out. We'll get you an appraisal ordered and get this thing moving forward. And then you find out later of like, hey, so I made a mistake. And option one actually shouldn't even have been on the list at all because it's not even something that's available to you. So how about that option two? And then that guy looks at it and goes, man, option two was what Central Coast Lending had as option one at a better price. But you had me convinced over here that you were doing better. So here I am. I bought an appraisal and I'm halfway through and like in a situation like this, I'm trying to buy out a soon to be ex spouse. I, I really just need this done. And then there you go. Just rolling down the rapids, getting caught up in a situation that you did, didn't want to be in, but, but it's hard to, it's hard to undo it. Frustrating. Um, the other thing too, I know we don't have a lot of time before the break, but I just want to say about the reverse mortgage. We use this as a bandaid for this guy, right? Um, could be a long-term solution doing the taking the equity out that it takes to be able to buy out the spouse and wrap up the dissolution of marriage. Um, couple myths out here that I want to talk about real quick. Number one is, Hey, if next year the student inherits hundred grand, he can pay off the reverse mortgage, whatever the current balance is, you order the payoff demand, just like you do on any other mortgage, see what's owed, pay it off, get your deed good to go um maybe you have a pickup in income mm, maybe new spouse right <laughs> maybe new spouse moves in and then they've got income now as a unit and so they share his equity and new spouse's income and they refinance into a conventional loan no problem get your get your payoff demand just like you would on any loan refinance right out of that no problem um, and maybe not, maybe this guy has to have this thing for the next 40 years and then he passes away 
and his heirs inherit a house. Um, hopefully there's plenty of equity left in at that point. FHA builds these things to where they hope to never fully deplete the equity. Um, and so they go and uh, the, the kids inherit the house and they pay off the reverse mortgage or they sell the house and get the remainder of the proceeds. Um, never, and, and let's say in 30 years, this guy is still alive. He's doing great at 95 or whatever he is. And um, the market is just terrible, you know. Oh, uh, I don't know. A meteor hit. And now houses in California are worth 50 grand each. And he's just crazy upside down um, and still getting money from his line of credit every month because he needs it to live. Now his health insurance is high because of the dust fallout. I don't know. Um he never loses his house. He never has to move out. He's never forced to pay because he's upside down. There's a lot of myths about reverse mortgages that um, that bug me. That being said, there's also some truths about it that make it not a great loan for everybody. Um, but I enjoy being able to have the straight talk there, get weed our way through the, the wrong information, the misinformation and the myths and... Um, make sure that people are on pretty firm ground understanding exactly what they're getting and what they should expect. Um, so anyhow, that's that. That's the reverse mortgage talk. Um, and in case it wasn't clear, we do those. And uh, we give accurate information and we explain it simply. So if you want that, call us at 543-LOAN. We're going to do the top of the hour uh, commercial break. And we'll be back about five minutes for another hour of Mortgage Matters. We hope you stick around. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. We come on this loop, John B., my grandfather and me, around Nassau time. If you missed earlier in the show, <laughs> there's a nice little Forrest Gump reference. Uh, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> I keep doing Captain Dan. Well, he has That's his right. own boat, you know. Yeah. Or uh, picking some oldies but goodies. Yeah, what a great song. This. Can we break down the first verse of this song? 
I, pull, I pulled up the lyrics for you. Do I need to re-rock the song here? No. I mean, I pulled up the lyrics for you. We yeah. came on the sloop John B., yeah. right? So, you know, the sloop, the little sailing vessel. The boat, yeah. 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 My grandfather and me. So this is the two of us, Gramps yeah. and I, taking yeah. a sail. Yeah. Love it so far. Uh, around, around Nassau town. So this is the Bahamas. This we is the Nassau is the capital of the Bahamas. Well, the sloop John so now, B. is based in the Bahamas. Yeah, so now, we, now we are on. Gramps and I have sailed the sloop to the Bahamas. And now we're drinking all night. Got into a fight, so now Gramps and I are beating people up in the bar. I want to go home. Uh huh. That's pretty funny. I love the song. Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's a great. Yeah, it's funny, but it's, it's just it's Dan and my's favorite Beach Boys song. Oh yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Have you ever seen the Beach Boys, actually, Dan? No. Oh, you got to. I've seen pieces of the Beach Boys. I've seen yeah. them on TV. Performing. On Full House. Never yeah. seen them. On Full House. <laughs> now, when you see this in a concert, man, the people are just, it uh, just yeah. goes off, you know. Very cool. Yeah. I want to go on a sloop to the Bahamas with my grandpa. It's a bit of a longer trip here from the old West Coast. Whatever. It'd probably be worth it. <laughs> yeah. wonder how big this sloop is. There's, could be pretty I comfy. I don't think they're very big. <laughs> could be pretty comfy. I don't know. I've seen some pretty big sloops. Which way do you go? Are you going to go through the Panama Canal? Or Absolutely. Go around the the horn at the bottom? I'd love to go through the Panama <laughs> Canal on a self-piloted boat. That'd yeah. be amazing. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Let's do it. <laughs> the retirement plan. There it is. My buddy Dave, his... Uh, father-in-law who has like no boat experience bought a boat in france got trained up on it and sailed the thing all over um like all over europe and then uh then it's having it shipped home after like nine months at sea like dang that's that is gutsy i don't know if i could do that but hey it sounds really fun Mm. Let's do that. He bought a boat for like five hundred grand. Got a five hundred grand laying around. Yeah, yeah. One five hundred thousand dollar bill. Yeah, is all we just, need. Yeah, I carry that in my wallet. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. That's don't, not even a thing. They don't make a five hundred thousand dollar bill, do they? No, I don't think so. Be a lot cooler if you did. All right. Um, you shared with me uh, kind of a surprising bit of news this week. I did. Retail sales. Yeah, I did. And um, let's see here. Where they is... were pretty bad. Retail sales were quite bad. And uh... retail sales were down 1.2% in December, um, which was you... significantly lower than the expected 0.1% increase. The way you said down made it feel like they lowered a little bit. They're negative. No, no, no. It's negative. Uh, that's Retail wild. Retail sales are negative. And one point two percent. And this is the December report, which is a little bit delayed because of the government shutdown. Right. So we've been sort of waiting to hear this. Is, um, retail sales is really primary market moving data, right? This is a real um, one of the one of the truest and immediate representations of what's going on within the economy. This has direct correlations to economic growth gdp right. uh, this is consumer spending man now, are you opening up your wallet and making purchases um and this is the largest decline 
in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally, when we see a big drop in retail sales, um, it's usually isolatable to gasoline is the major culprit, right? If you see a big drop in gasoline, um, that would be the, the the reason the number falls. It wasn't the reason this time. No. Um, discretionary spending categories like furniture, home furnishing, electronics, appliances, clothing and accessories, um, store retailers, non-store retailers, and restaurants. Um, that's pretty All widespread. Down. The only major components of retail sales that were not negative were autos and building materials. Every, every other major component was negative. So, yeah, very, I mean, shocking, really. Um, did not expect to see that. And that's, that's, a, that's one of the truest signs of, you know, what we were talking about when we first opened the show of it feeling like the Fed is definitely on a different path with their monetary policy rates. It seems well, like they're probably going to pause here with this, rates. Looking at this piece of data, you have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, right now, I know we talked about rates a lot earlier in the show. Right now, you got the next potential fed rate hike is at the june meeting and then it's december that's really where right past march huh yeah um super unlikely um i don't know if you were here or not i said this before but i've been saying it for a week because i love it um the probability of two fed rate hikes this year is less than the probability of a Fed rate decrease. I I heard some chatter about that on CNBC this week. Wild. Yeah. Um, because last year, the beginning of last year, we were told to brace ourselves for three to four this year. Mm-hmm. And now, really, the smartest folks in the room are saying we probably have zero this year, maybe one. Um, and, you know, again, piece of data like this, this is something that's certainly going to have to be considered. So it'll be interesting to see going forward. And yeah, just next month, we'll have another Fed meeting with the review and comment, and we'll see what they make of this. They're also going to have one more read on retail sales for January by then, um, barring another government shutdown, I suppose. Yeah. Well, did we shut down? No, no, no. That got signed. The uh, spending bill got signed. Yesterday, so there will the government is not shut down. Yesterday would have been the day, but um, what yeah. a relief! No shutdown. This fund, the bill that was signed, funds government through the end of their fiscal year, September thirtieth. So we won't be dealing with that anytime soon. Not for a minute. Not until we get up to the election cycle. Oh huh? man! Yeah, but this isn't a a big. There's I don't I, is I don't think we vote this year. No, we don't. But at the end of this year, we're going to start seeing all right, the big right. campaigning coming out. Oh, I already saw the, you know, because the the, the Democratic side is going to have the big pool of candidates. They're already going to start doing polling and stuff in the middle, like the summer. Huh. Uh, those polls, 18 months of Those this. polls are wildly inaccurate, y'all. <laughs> Hire new pollsters this time. Um, on, another, th- oh, dude, I got something burning me up this week. Are you on economics still? It's... Business news. Okay. Is it rhyme with Schmepan? No. <laughs> it rhymes with Schmamazon. Oh. <laughs> the New York thing? No. I wanted the to talk to you thing. about that because you the and I have tax argu- thing. Did you hear about yeah. their tax bill? 
They're $11.2 billion of profit paying zero federal taxes. That's our company pays more taxes than Amazon. That's what's wrong. See, we get all caught up in this rhetoric about tax rates, and that's that's an illusion. How does Amazon not pay federal income tax? Because they get all these incentives to come open a business here, open a business there. But not federal. Well, I don't know. Somehow they they get it, and that's crazy. That's the problem. That's the problem with this. Oh, it's clearly the problem. This is this is the reason why we gotta we gotta quit worrying about tax rates and worry about all the loopholes that get the effective tax rate down to zero for companies like Amazon. And then not That's only that, crazy. but can I just be not old? Paying their can fair I just share. be old for a minute here? Yes, please. Um, and they're chasing out all the brick and mortars. Right. So this is the problem. And those were the companies that were paying taxes, right? And had local jobs. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and then at some point, you know, like, let's let's go, let's go here. Um, are the bookstores ever coming back? No, they're not. Um, and that sucks. So, and what else? Um, I was in Dick's a couple weeks ago, the sporting goods store on Los Osvaldo Road. Super sad. Minimal selection, dominated by like Nike, right? Um, I'm just bumming. This is the sporting goods store in my town. I have no other choice. And, you know, whatever they don't have, they can get it for you online. And I'm just like, I I miss the days of having multiple sporting goods stores in my town with a guy that knew and cared about quality products and like a good fitting cleat, you know? Um, but yeah, so here, Amazon, it's like we let this beast run through and destroy everything in its path, get everybody hooked, and then find out they're not paying federal income tax. Um, the, I want, I thought we might talk about the corporate welfare piece of <laughs> Amazon that happens, and not just to Amazon, but that happens to corporations and businesses when they're like you were alluding to is that they're sort of courted by different cities and counties. Um, That's an interesting economic talk. Um, Let's take a pause, though, because we've got a caller, and he's waiting patiently. His name is Mike, and he's from Morro Bay. Hey, Mike. How are you guys? How you doing? Good morning. Uh, A couple things, but one was to your bumper music, (laughs) and you said that I'd like to, you know, like do the Panama thing and this and that. (laughs) And then I heard you say at the end there, well, you know, a retirement plan. And uh, you know what? Don't wait till you retire. Do it way before. Do it <laughs> okay. when you're young and you can enjoy and flexible. everything. Flexible, yeah. Then, and then you're able to take more jumps that you wouldn't do later on go. in life. <laughs> there you Dan, go. Dan, can I have some time I mean, off you can in really March? Enjoy it and have a blast. <laughs> I like that advice, Mike. Thank you. It's good advice. But uh, then you were talking about earlier about all the controversy about uh, finances and stuff. And this was about 15 minutes ago. Okay. And it just it fit exactly what Donald Trump is going through with the a lot of the American people right now. And I don't call them American people because they don't stand for the flag. But I'm just saying that's what he's going through. He's trying to he's trying to show these people. And we're and they're all just 
fighting no matter what. Whether he's right or wrong, they don't care. They don't want the guy there. But it's sad to see this going on in our country. Yeah, the division is definitely a sad thing right it's, now. It feels I mean, at an really all-time sad. high. We have a chance right now to really... And there was a lot of corruption in that government. It's amazing what has popped out. I mean, it seems to me like they're all damn crooks. In one way or another way, they're just after to bleed us. And then look how many millions of dollars they've all individually put in their own pockets. I was just reading this week about um, somebody said... We don't need to see Trump's tax returns. We want to see how these senators that make 170 grand a year have amassed these 250 million dollar fortunes. And I'm like, let's see the whole lot of it. Let's yeah, let's all lay them down. All. How <laughs> did you get to be a 250 million dollar balance sheet making 170 grand a year? Uh, book deals, right? Book deals. Anyway, Mike, thanks for you your know phone which call. Way, it's just it's it's just really sad that they keep lying to the American people to try to keep their own. They just don't want to give it up. It's just like if somebody really had, I mean, this is really had a cure for a lot of these diseases. I mean, they had it right now. You go out and you eat this weed and you are cured. (laughs) Why, they're going to fight tooth and nail to keep that away from you. It feels that way sometimes. Mike, thanks for your phone call. Um, Appreciate you listening and participating um, tippy toe, tippy toe. I, I, I don't want to get mired down in the politics because I don't want to be pigeonholed. And I'll tell you this, um, Mike, I really appreciate your call. Uh, as a rule, we try to be pretty apolitical on the show. I'll leave it up to your imaginations, but Dan and I have, we differ in our registered, uh, voter <laughs> affiliations. We have a lot of similar overlap and, um, but we're, uh, potentially representing um a couple different parties here and uh you know what burns me up um just from a consumer standpoint i don't like it when a company that i patronize is asking um me to wage into their um i don't want to hear their rhetoric i don't want to hear their insults and i don't want to hear um you know their their rallies either i feel like businesses you know because here's the bottom line is that you're it's like that old school idea that you vote with your pocketbook right Mm -hmm. and so if you alienate yourself to 50 percent of your clientele because you have strong political stance then you've you've blown it i i feel i don't know I just want to tell you that if you have a political leaning, we'll align you with the loan officer that leans your way. (laughs) We got something for everyone. We certainly do. That's a fantastic point. Uh, You you made a comment a month or so ago on the show, too, about how the... um, the blame game is like evidence of the of the very problem itself um and i see it it really is up both sides and like like mike said um i think they're all crooks and um i like to hope they're not in fact i like to hope there are people up both sides of the aisle that are um you know in it for all the right reasons i think there's some people that are there are, there I, are. I think some of those folks have the ability to run for office because they have family wealth. And so the wealth you're talking about wasn't necessarily amassed through 
politics. Some people certainly have made their money off their fame from politics. Um, but others, I think, they, they're afforded that opportunity to go serve their country in a political f- field because they have that. I, I can't go do that. I don't have that family wealth that affords sure. me the ability. I need, to, I need to be at work every day and, and do that that way so it's you know whatever i think at the end of the day we can all agree on some economic issues though where you know companies that make 11.2 billion dollars of profit and pay no taxes aren't paying their fair share all right they're using roads i want to talk using (laughs) infrastructure i want to but they're not paying for it i want to talk crazy i want to talk corporate welfare with you when we get back from the break a topic that's near and dear to my heart and i have a feeling that we could um potentially debate All right. So let's do a commercial break here. Take some time for the sponsors. We'll be back in a couple minutes here with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. As a direct VA lender, we specialize in helping the great servicemen and women of the Central Coast utilize their benefit to purchase and refinance real estate. We thank you for your service and believe it's a distinct honor to serve you. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California DBO number 605 NMLS number 328 Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending, and I want to thank you for supporting us these past 11 years. We have helped thousands of local residents buy and refinance homes here on the Central Coast, and we couldn't have done it without you. We are sincerely grateful and look forward to serving you for many years to come. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California DBO number 605 NMLS number 328-358. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your host, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending.
Is this from Forrest Gump too? It is from Forrest Gump, yes. What scene? I'm not sure, but uh, it's in the soundtrack. Yeah. Plus, I just think it's a great groovy 60s song. It's pretty weird. Yeah. Definitely psychedelic here. I was listening to some Earth, Wind, and Fire last night and was like, some of that's weird, too. Oh, yeah. Reminds me of this. Very musical, but just weird. Yeah. No, it's great. Um, All right. We're going to talk about Amazon. (laughs) And they just happen to be the headline company of the week. This isn't limited to them. No, it's not. This This is a problem. But so here's my question for you. And Amazon, this is a good one because Amazon is, um, you know, they just pulled out of their New York headquarters, New York headquarters plan. And, um, you know, I, I caught the tweets yesterday on both sides of the aisle. Um, that one gal, uh, the hyphenated name, the new um, girl that everyone's picking on, um, Okashio or Tease yes. or something. What's her name? Okay. Yeah, AOC, Acacia Ortiz, or something. Ocasio Cortez. 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 There we are. There we are. She tweeted um, something to the effect of, "It said anything is possible." Today, New York City, you know, basically said no to corporate greed and stomped out um, a major retailer that's a bully. You know. Yeah. Paraphrasing. And I was like, man, 25,000 jobs in your town. But they gave huge breaks, tax breaks or credits or subsidies of some kind. I mean, it was like tremendous amount of money. Not to the employee. No, to the employee. To Amazon sure. to lure them there so that they could create 25,000 jobs, jobs and stuff. So it's, it's one of those things where... I, there's my understanding from friends that I have that live in New York was that they weren't real excited about that giveaway to attract those jobs to a company that puts the small retailers out of business. Sure. So I don't know that I can see that too. And you know, New York's an interesting one because a, Hey, headquarters doesn't need to be in New York. Probably when you guys were drawing up the vision board, I don't know why you wanted to be there anyway. You go plunk one of those things down. Like we got some out here, like you know, Riverside. It's not a whole lot going on. Not a lot of people getting upset. And I get it. Like so, in but Amazon though, that headquarters isn't really putting small retailers out of business. Amazon's business is putting small retailers out of business. So, I get I get what you're saying, but at the same time, it's like this though. Do you want to bring a significant employer into your town? At what expense? Zero state, local, and federal income tax from the corporation itself. However, you'll have 25,000 jobs that are averaging $80,000 a year where those taxes that are paid by the individual... The sales taxes, the local housing, the local services, the local retailers, the local restaurants, the local everything on 25,000 jobs. And so, but, and this is the problem with corporate welfare, Dan, because if you won't, you know, let let me just say you're Orange County, okay? And here I come and I want to broker a deal with you. 
I don't want to get out of all your your local taxes or whatever um, because maybe I'll go to Texas. Maybe I'll go to Las Vegas. Do they want me? Um, and then at some point, too, which we've seen this happen a lot, uh, maybe I'll go to India. How do you like that? Get nothing and nothing and nothing. And I'll go create 25,000 jobs off, you know, offshore to non-Americans. How do you like that? And, and, then, and so this is the problem, though, is that until all of the cities band together and all of the counties band together and there's some federal laws about the kind of um, shenanigans that can go down with bending and breaking the rules to attract these companies. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not advocating for this because there's a good part of it that I'm going to argue to you is just free market politicking, free market capitalism. Don't want it there? Cool. Hey, New York and everyone on looking, be proud. You're stoked. They're going somewhere else. It didn't ruin your town. You didn't get the corporate giveaways. You didn't get all of them running all over you and ruining your lives and adding to your traffic and your all your stuff. You also didn't get 25,000 jobs that were good head of household jobs and all of the support that that drives into your local community. So you, it was all a package and you said no? Cool. They're going to land somewhere. They're going somewhere. What city should it be in? Where should it go? They're going to go wherever they get the biggest tax break. Fargo, New York whatever. offered them $2.8 billion in tax breaks to lure them there. Your 25,000 jobs at $80,000 a head, if those numbers are accurate, I don't know if they are. I'm making that's them up. $2 billion. They're getting $2.8 billion in tax breaks. Yeah. But I think at, at the same I, time, I don't want to talk about that specific office. That's a business deal. There's reasons to be happy about it or sad about no, it. No, I'm just I, I get and that. And I'm saying at the broader view, this is one of the, the things that plagues the whole nation is they these companies can twist your arm as a local municipality because if you don't want them, they'll go to the next suitor. This is the same problem that we're seeing in sports with the with the <laughs> ballparks, right? Yeah. Whether it's a football stadium, basketball stadium, baseball stadium, it's all about, you know, what yeah, I'm the billionaire owner of this team, but I need a new deal. My stadium's 14 years old. It's out of date. And I only made a I, billion I last have, year. Yeah, it's it's out of date. I've got plasma TVs. I need LEDs in my waiting areas, whatever. Um, you know, so then they go hit up the, the, the San Diego, community, the and community, San Diego say, says, hey, community, why don't you give me billions of dollars to help me build this ballpark that I'm going to own? And I'm going to make a billion dollars a year I'm gonna off make of. A, and then I'm going to charge you guys hundreds of dollars a ticket to come watch the team play that you helped build the stadium for. So, I mean, that's, that's Do you the hate issue it? with that. Do you I, hate it? I think it's frustrating. I think if you're a multi-billion dollar owner of a sports team that if you need a new stadium, you should work that into your business model. But what if you just go to a city? Yeah, I know. A that's what happens. Take you. I mean, look at too, like this is the same thing with the Olympics, getting picked for the Olympics. These guys spend so much money on building like the luge run, right? These crazy campus of housing and venues and stadiums and all this stuff, right? Hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars for what turns out to be a four-week event, and then it's a ghost town. Mm -hmm. But you do it because having the million people come 
is going to, yeah, you're going to blow 200 million. You're going to make 400 million. And then the, everything left in its path, the trash and the waste field that is that ex Olympic site is just like, you ever go look at some of those things? They're mm-hmm. crazy. Um, but hey, there was a profit in it. So yeah, do it. It's, uh, it's a weird state of affairs we're in today. It's pretty frustrating. I was just doing the math on, you know, the tax and jo- jobs act. What was it? What's the thing that we're trying to make it sound good, but it was really a corporate tax break? The tax cut thing? Tax and jobs act? Sure. Jobs and tax act? Whatever. It cut corporate taxes to 21%. Amazon on their $11.2 billion of profit, which was up double from last year, should have paid $2.35 billion in taxes. But They're, thanks to all the breaks, they actually get a $129 million rebate. Well, they were saying... Uh, well, the other call, loopholes, caller called too, in, too, and said that they were going to be tw- paying something like $27 billion in taxes to the state or city of New York. I don't know. That's... Um, Probably sales tax. I'm oh, that, I, so. yeah, I'm sure on Tons. all their Well, you got to think, too, there's so many other that things they charge that are through to customers. so mm-hmm. difficult, really, to even understand it all, too, because one, like you did, the, you did the quick math on what the payroll tax could be, right? Um, but say you work for Amazon in New York, so I'm going to use a car as an example, which is a terrible example in New York, but you buy a car. And so you pay your 8% sales tax on your $30,000 car. And then you sell it or trade it in five years later. The dealership sells it again for $18,000 at 8%. And then a couple years later, that person sells it or trades it in. So the new buyer um, pays their 8% sales tax on the car again for $14,000. And this happens. I read one time that this happens like 12 times over the life of a vehicle in California. So it's 8% on, I mean, the sales tax was paid on the $30,000 car. It was its total value, never to go up. Yet over the life of the car, the car has been taxed at 8% for a total value of like $170,000 for this car. So those kind of things, that's why it's having that economic base, having those people in your town, having those jobs. And these are the reasons why people you know, cities, counties, states get their arm twisted over having companies um, leverage them into coming and placing the jobs. And uh, I guarantee you it's not a it's not a popular thing to do um, to either take Amazon in and suffer all of that and also feel like you're kind of funding terror, right? Mm-hmm. But also, it's not a popular thing to turn them away and kiss that tax revenue. No, and it's jobs a hard goodbye. spot to be in. It's You're a ridiculous almost forced to play to this game. Yeah, and and the only winner in it is the big profitable corporation. That's who wins. Yeah, you'd win if you were the deli that was on the bottom floor of the Amazon building selling sure. way more sandwiches. There's than- a few winners. The big winners. The it big corporation. That ain't me. And that's what's frustrating. We sit here and we're. You know, talking about refunds for the average average worker, you know, going from 2000 to 1000 Here we are, we got this big corporation that should be paying $2.35 billion in taxes, which is like 
so enormous of maybe, amount of money. Hey, maybe this comes to the forefront right now. Um, I bought some stuff from Amazon, and and right now you I have to. I don't feel proud of it. <laughs> you have um, to. Where else do you buy stuff? There's only restaurants anymore. We don't have retailers. But I want, <laughs> I want Amazon to pay their fair share. Yeah. As I do I want GE to pay their fair share. I mean, look, Central Coast Lending feels like it's about fifty cents on the dollar. That's what it is. <laughs> After state taxes and federal taxes, that's what it is. But then there's these corporations that are hugely way beyond profitable, way more than than we are, and they're paying less in taxes. They're getting rebates. That's crazy. I want to get a rebate. <laughs> I know. Can we just hire Amazon's accountants? I don't understand this. This is there's loopholes that we're not uh, aware of. We're not exploiting and yeah. I say <laughs> we get a new corporate tower in Morro Bay for Central Coast Lending. I mean, uh, it all depends it. on the tax break we yeah. get. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. You know. I don't know. At the end of the day, too, though, is yeah. like I mean, everybody you know wants to pay less in taxes, right? <laughs> sure. I I do. Yes. Because otherwise, um, if you say no to me, I'm going to ask how much you electively wrote in for your donation over the top of it last year. And very few people are sending money to the federal government saying, I like what you're doing, and here's a little bit more. Let's see what you can do with it. Um, so that being said, it's, it's in our nature to want to pay less. But at the same time, um, man, I want, I want everyone to be participating. Right. We have that's, needs. That's where I was... We have needs as a country. I, I would hope that everybody agrees that we all want to pay our fair share. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I want that. I want my fair share to be as little as possible to meet those needs that we have. If my share is fair, I don't care that it's little or much as possible because we're all. If it's equally fair and it's a share, yeah. then we're all we're all equally yoked in this. Trouble is. I love that this is like a, you know, a biblical thing. You guys are familiar with the don't be unevenly yoked thing, right? That's a biblical thing? Yeah. <laughs> Where like when you, you you yoke up an ox to plow a field Just and like, the yoke. Don't forget leg day. Uh, no, the the yoke is like the uh, the harness that goes around the front shoulders of the ox. Ah, okay. And so when you when you yoke two of them, if you're unevenly yoked and the ox like on the right side is like yoked a foot longer than the one on the left, the one on the left is going to pull a hundred percent of the weight. It's physics. Jason, there is a Forrest Gump thing. Life is like a box of chocolates. Doesn't last never, long for fat people. Yeah, never know what <laughs> you're going to get. <laughs> um, but so the bottom line is, like, let's all be evenly yoked. If we're all working this country and we're all calling it home and, you know, rooting for it and fixing it and voting our favorites in and doing our whole thing, believing that it's great to be American, let's all pay what the ticket price is to go to the dance. Everybody, Amazon, GE. Anyway, that's frustrating to me. This is why I try not to look at that stuff or care about it. Because at the end of the day, you I just, better care about I just it because you're the losing, one making up the difference. I just start losing faith. Honestly, man, this is where it's just like I just want to pay less. That's all. Everybody else is in a big fight to pay less. So can I do that too? I hear stories about people that pay zero and get some back, and I'm like, well, maybe they needed it. So 
Amazon, I guess you needed it. You needed the $129 million refund because you needed it. Times are because tough. Because the $11.2 billion in profit just wasn't quite enough. It's not what they were expecting, man. They budgeted for more income and didn't get it. So yeah, yeah. give them a refund of something they didn't even pay. All right. Boo. Man, this just shows a downer now. Jim, this is not a rerun candidate. I don't like I don't like it. Not happy about it. Well, okay. Last commercial break of the show. <laughs> Dan's gonna come up with a palate cleanser of something way better to talk to us about. So um Yeah. Break time. Bring right us ahead. back with something in a minor key that feels sad for for taxes <laughs> in the US. Okay, I will from Forrest Gump from actually. Amazon sad. Go. <laughs> Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California DBO number 605-4783. NMLS number 328. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805-772-6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason.
Dan, Dan, Dan. We almost had Dump Button Dan over here. Got Dan fired up during the break about yeah. government and politics, and we almost got Dump Button Dan caught, <laughs> caught in the last 12 minutes of the show. Dan was all fired up. Now, I even had to say, guys, the mics are on. Come on. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I just think I agree with our earlier caller. Okay. About... How divisive things are? No, they're all crooks. I'm not going to disagree with you. (laughs) Yeah, I see that. All right, it's time for Dan's palate cleanser. Oh, wait, this is a Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, downer. Well, it's kind of a downer song. I don't know. Feels minor. Mrs. Robinson, you, Major, you know what. From The Graduate. Yeah, it's also, also wasn't this too. Yeah, but wasn't this written for The Graduate? I believe so. Yeah, well, yeah. And there's a movie called um, Yeah, The Graduate. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I wonder if this was. Is it called Mrs. Robinson? The song is Mrs. Robinson. The yeah. movie is The Graduate. Yeah. Probably you that. know the factoid thing that I never that you wouldn't know if about Mrs. Robinson about the graduate it, when they kind of towards the end of the movie when they go to Santa Barbara yeah and he's mm-hmm. in Los Angeles they drive past like Point Magoo and stuff yeah and they drive past uh, they drive through the Caviota Tunnel yeah going to Santa Barbara from Los Angeles mm. yeah so if you didn't know the area. I just want to like, get the, yeah, that, to get the tunnel kinda, in there. Yeah, kind of funny that they guide, they they go through the Gaviota Tunnel, but they're coming, they're going to Santa Barbara from Los Angeles. Probably not. Got a little Simon far. Simon and Garfunkel's song <laughs> "Mrs. Robinson" yeah. was not exactly written for the film *The Graduate*, as many people think, but Paul Simon made it work anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, that's a good song. Oh. It was a song about times past, about Mrs. Roosevelt, Joe DiMaggio and stuff, but it wasn't finished. So then he worked well, it into the, Mrs. Well, here's Robinson. to you, Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, they do sing that in there. Cool. Yeah. All right, where's your palate cleanser, Dan? You bummed bum me all out. Yep, sorry. Come on. <laughs> Come on. This is why I don't like... Uh, I don't like reality sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. You ever get going down a conspiracy theory hole, and then you read it, and then you go, whoa. This isn't a conspiracy. This is real life. I know, but it's gross. Makes me feel not good. I get that we want to keep as much as of what we earn as possible. We all do. That's We work hard, right? I want Amazon to have to pay as much tax as I do or more. Everyone. We, they're... We should be proud to pay taxes because we're keeping yeah, dude, but at the our same infrastructure time, up to date. We're, I feel we're, you. We just, and our I guess, country's I guess better. what I'm saying, though, is that like there, there's some part of me that thinks there are some situations that some people, certainly like nonprofits, for example. If you're a nonprofit doing something really great, operating on a shoestring budget, filling a need... Um, and this is the idea behind the nonprofit tax break, to me sure. anyway, is you're filling a need that otherwise would probably either go unserved or fall in the hands of the government for their responsibility. 
and it's arguable in nature, right? Um, then, hey, tax break those guys. They're helping out, having a unmet need met. Maybe they shouldn't have to pay taxes. Yeah? I'll listen to that argument. Now tell me the one about your selling crap with two-day shipping on deep discounts through USPS all over the nation, running retailers out of business, and what's the argument about why you shouldn't be paying taxes? Even our head tweeter-in-chief brags about not paying taxes or paying very little in taxes. It's frustrating. There's a sort, there should be a source of pride of paying taxes. Uh, not if you feel like you're being made a fool, though. When you realize that there are other people that are paying nothing and getting uh, refunds. Then the majority of America should feel like a fool. Dang. Dang. It's frustrating. Yeah, it is. Just because the numbers at, the, at that scale are so large. When you're $11.2 billion of profit, the taxes on that are so large. You don't know how to do a palate cleanser. No. Um, you got me all fired up during you, the break. I know. We almost had Dumb Button Dan over here. Oh. Uh, I asked you if it rhymed with shmapan, and you said it rhymes with shmamazon. And uh, I clipped this, which I thought was an interesting uh, little piece. We were talking about the economy earlier and about whether rates are, if this is it, this is, we're. The retail sales number this week, I really feel like is a, a telltale sign that the Fed's going to pump the brakes. Japan barely barely posted um expansion in their gdp for q4 barely and by the barely they avoided um a technical recession so technical recession being two consecutive quarters of negative gdp um so that was an interesting one Germany GDP reading for Q4 showed zero. So they just avoided their recession. Final reading? By being zero. <laughs> Is it a final reading, though? Um, <laughs> no, but if the next one comes back at minus 0.1, whoops, now we got to give you a recession title. Put the recession shirt on, Germany. <laughs> um, South Korea. Unemployment rate surged to a 19-year high. The industrial production in the Eurozone contracted at the sharpest rate since the financial crisis. Um, man, readings from around the globe. Obviously, these are kind of cherry-picked negative. But I was just kind of trying to, to pull together some reasons why the Fed might just be stuck. Maybe they don't even actually want to keep rates where they are, but now they're going to have to. Interesting thing to think about. And really it paves the way to, um, you know, these good low interest rates creates those opportunities that we talked about in the first hour for people to refinance. Uh, I think it also goes to help us a little bit in our housing struggles here. We have a supply and demand problem. And part of the supply problem is people that have a super low interest rate, right? Maybe you have a three and a half percent 30 year fixed. So um, you're not super eager to move, are you? You're going to cash that thing in 
for what six months ago was a five and a quarter. That's a big spread. That's like more than a car payment in interest. I mean, you're talking literally 500 bucks a month on the average loan in Slow County, just an in interest right down the drain. So that's going to cause a lot of those people to stay put, and they're then contributing to the supply problem, right? But as these rates trend back in that direction, you might not go from three and a half to five and a quarter. But if you had another kid or you were trying to get to that better school district or you needed to go from a two-story to a one-story or you wanted to get away from that stinky neighbor or whatever, would you go from a three-and-a-half to a four-and-a-half? Certainly would create a little more movement, you would think. You might not immediately dismiss it, right? right. So that being said... Um, I feel like these things, you know, the this if this is where this part of the rate um, hike stuff is cooling off now and this is going to be neutral, um, it's a fine place to be. And I think that uh, obviously we're, we're getting excited to see home buying season arriving a little bit early right now. Um, we're also coming up into this time of year uh, where it's tax time, isn't it? Um, speaking of taxes and Amazon and this whole mess... Um, that's where I always like to remind people, let's look at your, uh, if you want to qualify to buy a house in the next two years, let's look at your taxes. Let's look at your game plan on your taxes. Um, you might choose to write off less than you were going to do um, after meeting with me. And if that sounds funny, I feel like it sounds funny even to me. So I always have to throw my my disclaimer in here. Um the feds don't want you writing off your haircut. That's not a thing. Yeah, I understand your hair needs to look good for work, but that's not a thing. Um, but a lot of business people do, right? And so, and then likewise, you had lunch with your, uh, you know, girlfriend, and you quote unquote talked about marketing during lunch, so you're writing that one off. Um, things like this, right? Where if you're really being honest and objective about it. Um, you're taking advantage of more write-offs than probably you're entitled to. And so I'm not suggesting that you misrepresent your expenses to the downside to qualify for a loan you shouldn't qualify for. I'm suggesting that you actually reveal a truer look at what your income taxes are so that when you um, are qualifying for a loan, you're qualifying you know, based on what your income really is. So... I always like to dangle this carrot out there for the self-employed folk, for the folk with um, all that write-off stuff. If you have a house you want to refine, haven't been able to before because of your um, tax situation, or if you're wanting to buy a home, check us out. We also have several programs where we do uh, one year of tax returns for qualification. That's a pretty common thing for us now. We get that um, probably about a quarter of the time. And then additionally... We also are offering bank statement loans now, too. So if you're self-employed and your income tax, just everything is a valid deduction, and so you're reporting next to nothing, um, depending on the ownership and structure of your company, we we can add up bank deposits and give you um, half or as much as three-quarters of the bank deposits for qualifying income. So um, if that sounds like you, then give us a call, 805-543-LOAN, 543-5626, or centralcoastlending.com. Thanks much for being with us. We'll be back next week with more Mortgage Matters.